Hello, and welcome to the Trail Manners Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Manning, coming to you from the beautiful trails in Ogden, Utah, but connecting you to wherever trail, ultra, and mountain running takes us. We'll bring trail running to life with amazing athletes, discuss the latest topics, epic journeys, and get you stoked for your next trail adventure. We're sharing the moments that make life special, because even a rough day on the trail beats a good day indoors, and nothing beats time spent with good friends and great stories. Catch us here weekly for your dose of dirt, vert, and good vibes. So now, it's time to top off your water, grab some cheese curds, and join us for this week's podcast, where we take you deep into the heart of our sport. It's go time. Hello and welcome to episode number 313 of the Trail Manners Podcast. Our guest today, returning, is Mr. Preston Wood. The Trail Manners Podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at trailmanners.com. Come back often and please feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Trail Manners. And please don't forget to subscribe, review, and rate us on iTunes. If you're so inclined, Trail Manners would really appreciate any contribution via our Patreon account at patreon.com backslash trailmanners. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get after it. All right, welcome back to the Trail Manners podcast. We have got a returning guest we've been waiting for to come back in. You've heard him uh, a few weeks ago. We got Preston Wood on. How are you? I'm fantastic. This looked pretty good. I didn't do a mic check, and that was it. I was a little worried about that. I, I was, too, but I'm like, you know what? I've done a couple of these. I'm going to wing it, and it worked. So, Well, welcome back to the show. You are fresh off a haircut, right? For sure. Right before I left, I got a haircut. Okay, because I yeah. just got one, too, so uh-huh. haircuts, recognize yep. haircuts. And you just got back from the island of Oahu. I did. How, how long you been back? Uh, we got back on Thursday night. We got home about 9 o'clock, so... Uh, I was a little hesitant to do a non-red-eye flight because the last time we did a red-eye on the way back, and um, I was worried about how that would affect the flow of life, but I actually think wasting the whole day traveling was actually better for the transition back. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys flew out in the morning? Yeah. So we left Hawaii at like 7.45 in the morning and then landed in Salt Lake at 7.30 at night. That's all right, though. Yeah. Yeah. I did the last time I went or (laughs) to Hawaii. We did the red yeah, at the time. It was like the only thing we could get out was yeah. late, so we left like at nine at night. Yep, and went to Seattle. Spent like a hundred and forty-seven hours there. It felt like, and then flew home, and it it was like two days. Yeah, so we're going back to Kauai in May, and we're doing that. We're leaving early in the morning and coming home same day. Yeah, so we'll see and, what happens. And the last time we did the same thing, like on the way back, we flew out at like ten o'clock at night in Honolulu. And landed in LA and then like laid on the floor for four hours yeah. and then came back and it was, it was horrible. Yeah. So this was, I was worried about it because it's like, oh, we're wasting the whole day, but it, it was pretty good. Good. Yep. Well, um, launch date of this podcast, just so everybody's aware, um, is going to be Tuesday, uh, January, what is that, uh, 25th, right? Yes. So we're recording on the 23rd, so you just barely got back. Yep. Um, you ran, went over um, with a lot of people to run the Hurt 100-mile race in Oahu. And I hope you listened to the first time we had Preston on because it was a good show. You know, he's been out there before. Uh, so, we, you know, before he left, we talked to him about his first experience 
plus preparing for this one, thoughts going into it, and now we get the recap. So before we go into anything further, the numbers to me, and I don't know if this is normal. I really don't, and I probably could have done a little more research to check. 46 finishers and 77 DNFs. Yes. So 123 runners started, 46 finished. That's like a 37% finish rate. Yeah. Is that low? That's a little low. It's not crazy low. Okay. Um, usually, I think it's about 45% finisher okay. rate. It was a hard year, though, um, statistically speaking. Yeah. I don't know why. But, yeah, it was a it was lower than normal, and but not by a ton. It, it's, I think they make it as hard as possible. Just We'll, we'll talk about it as we go on. <laughs> um, just the time of year. I, you know, if you're not living on Oahu or someplace warm, I think it's just nearly impossible to train. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, 37 though percent. I mean, even if it was yeah. 45, that's still close to 50. Yeah. Right. So that's still half. Like, like I go back to again, Wasatch this year was a really rough year. Um, well, last year, and I think it was still like a 65 percent finisher rate, yeah. and that was a bad year. Yeah. You know, and like. But this is like 35%. Oh, yeah, that's, I mean, kind of bad, but not that bad. Yeah, 37%. Yeah. So so the women's side, there were 13 finishers and 16 DNF, so almost 50% yeah, of the women. because they're tougher. They We know that. Yeah. Uh, Debbie Livingston from uh, Bolton, Connecticut, she was the uh, first female, seventh overall in 29 hours and nine minutes. Anna Albrecht from Honolulu was second for the females and ninth overall, so two women in the top ten, which if you've ever historically listened to this podcast, you know that Joel and myself have been talking for years how that's going to be a norm, right? And it is. Women in top tens of 100 milers, and it is, right? Uh, Third was Mele DeMille from Waikolua, Hawaii, in 29.42. On the men's side, uh, Peter Mortimer from Flagstaff was Wow, twenty three fifty nine thirty four. So yeah, just under twenty four hours. Snuck it in, and we all know what sub twenty four, no matter what hundred mile you're at, is kind of like pretty special. Yeah, not that I would know personally, but you know. Uh, second was Sergio Florian from Kauai, Kauai, uh, Hawaii, twenty five thirty, and Corey Longson was third. Omaha, Nebraska. Yep, twenty six oh three, and uh, we'll just skip down. But um, sixth place for the men was Ian Ferris here from Utah. Fifth place. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Fifth yeah. place. Yeah, twenty seven nineteen. So he was fifth. Um, so yeah. someone from Utah came and, and did, yeah, did that strong guy, there. That guy's approach is just a little different. He uh, so we and him started together. We're good friends and uh, ran the first seven and a half miles together. And his thing was he thought he could even split every lap. Oh wow! Um, and he basically did. Wow. Um, so we were in like fiftieth place there at the first check in, and then he just marched his way up through the field. He's a pretty good hiker. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we had Tara Warren on as well uh-huh. um, before heading over to her. I mean, she had a her dog ran into her, so she had a little injury going into it. But, um, you know, we talked about the same thing, the hiking, the training, all that. Um, and before I forget, the the finishers on the men, 33 finishers, 61 DNFs. Yeah. So, again, almost 50%. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, as far as the those go, they were pretty close. But that's that, that was the first thing I went to was how many finished because I was tracking it here, just yeah. watching people going through. And I was like, holy cow. Like, that was pretty nutty. Yeah. Well, and you just look at, like, the, the local group here. So, there were seven Utahns out there. Yeah. We had two finishers. And it was seven really experienced, really good runners. Yeah, Sylvia Greer. Yeah, right? Sylvia, me, Jake Kilgore, Tara, 
Ian, Ernie, and Trevor. Yeah. And I mean, so we we had quite the crew out there that pretty experienced, pretty good runners, and that if that tells you anything about what it's like. And Trevor's won it before. Yeah, and Trevor's won it. And so the only two people that finished were Ernie and Ian. And (laughs) Ernie at 67 didn't look 67 out there. That's awesome. It was pretty incredible. That's so cool. Yeah. Gives me hope. Yeah. Not for that race, but in general. (laughs) Just in general, it gives me hope. Um, So I think what the listeners really want to know, I I know they're out there just like Eric Ask. Did you um, return anything to Costco this trip? No. You did? I did not. Okay. I did not. I got asked by a few people. Did you? Yeah. I think was Costco was on alert. They were watching you walk Yeah, they the were. Door. I was worried about that. So, <laughs> no, I just used Ziploc bags. There you time. go. Yeah. Didn't return those, right? Didn't return Okay. Good. I mean, I could have probably. <laughs> but, yeah, I uh, I did not return anything to Costco. Didn't return those macadamia chocolate covered macadamia. You brought some home though, yeah, right? I home. There you go. I should have brought you some. We have a ton. We're not. They're my favorite. All. So yeah, I'll, get, I'll I have mean, to get you. A I box. mean, all I have here is my uh, dog head uh, sixty minute IPA, which is is doing me very special right now. That's my sponsor of my personal preference today. <laughs> all right, so let's talk about it. So yeah. in my eyes, you know, I mean, we we I saw you quite a bit actually, more than I normally do. Yeah, um, within the last month running and. Um, I tried to share a few miles with you. Oh, we shared miles. We tried. No, it was good. No, you were talking. I was nodding and grunting so I could answer questions. But um, it it appeared to me that you went into the race in, in trained well, good shape. For right? sure. I think you went into it. Your training was good. You've done it before. So you're, you were pretty – you were nervous. I don't know if – you were really nervous. Yeah. Okay. Very. I just want to make sure you know that. Because yeah. I was talking to people that saw you on the trail like, he's nervous. Yeah. Right? And I get it. And yeah. I, I think you should be. Did they ever wear off? Uh, I mean, there? yeah. I was I was nervous in the sense that I knew how physically challenging it was going to be. And we'll we'll get into this. But, you know, I was, I was just nervous because the last time I got my butt kicked mm-hmm. pretty hard. Like physically was just wrecked. And so I was nervous about that again because, I mean, I, it took me nine hours to go the loop last yeah. time, you know, one time. And so I, excuse me, um, but I, I was just nervous about that. But, yeah, once I got there, I was, I was feeling pretty good. And so real quick, those that may not have heard the last show or are as familiar with it, a loop on this race is about they say 20 miles and it i mean it, it runs like about 25 but it's probably <laughs> it's probably shorter than that you know but We're not by like much. 17 18 potentially yeah i mean I, well. it's probably like so my watch i i turned on the supermax good gps setting um and it got every loop right at 18.6 okay well, so close. yeah um, but I, I mean, realistically, if somebody wants to say it's 20 miles, it, it's pretty dang close. You're not going to argue because you yeah. feel, right? uh-huh. you feel like it's maybe even a 50 K when they say it's a 20 mile loop, you're like, yeah. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, 20 mile loop, um, five times. And it's not really a loop. Um, it's a series of sections that you double back on. So like you go up one climb, then you go down to the aid station and then you turn around and go right back up the way you came. Then you go down to the next aid station and then you turn around and go right back to where you came from. And so you're just doing the same sections over and over. And it's the same loop. Same direction. Will, yes. Uh-huh. Every time. Every so you time. go around it four times, five, five times, times, five times, but so, it's the same thing. It doesn't change. Yeah. Right? And multiple sections you're going over 10 times. Okay. Wow. Like several sections you're doing 10 times. Yeah. So let me ask you this, because I heard it happened, people taking wrong turns. Yes. How, like, 
I mean, it's easy to say when you're not yeah. there, right? But when you're there, how how would that be if you've done the loop and it's out and backs? Is it just like mental fatigue? Yeah, is it, for is me, it, it was sc- just like total trails. It was total mental fatigue. Like like where I missed the turn, so we can get into that a little later. But where I missed the turn, it was just a total mental lapse. Like I just missed it. Like it's not because it wasn't marked. Like when I got into the aid station, I told them I missed a turn. They're like, "Well, were the markings there?" And I was like. <laughs> pretty sure they were there <laughs> yeah i mean well, so, i didn't see it but, yeah <laughs> but and yeah. and we can talk about that more in detail uh but yeah it you just get mental fatigue and you can't really look up ever at the race it's something we talked about last time um you're just always looking down at your feet and um at the time i was kind of trying to talk myself out of a dark spot i was actually on the phone with my wife trying to talk my way uh, out of it tell you about talking and running yeah you know it's like you know? texting and driving <laughs> yeah dangerous it's very dangerous i didn't fall though that's good yeah that's good all right well then let's go through it then you get there um you got there early yeah. a few, few days early. yeah we flew out on the thursday which you know in a non-covid situation i think is the best situation we, we started to worry our flight was going to get canceled yeah um luckily we didn't have any issues with that um, a few others did, but yeah, we were, we were fine there. Um, got in Thursday and then there was no pre-race meeting this year because of COVID. COVID. And so we did just a drive through packet pickup, which was actually pretty slick, yeah. um, on Friday and then, you know, woke up and, and ran on Saturday. What time the race start? Uh, starts at 6am Hawaii time. So, so you're only here. A, yeah. You're only a day out. So you're still yeah. not on Hawaii time. Even no. though the clocks are there, your body. So you yeah. probably were up even earlier Which, than normal. Yeah. I mean, well, my body felt like it was later, right? Mm-hmm. So like that 9am felt like, or the, that 6am felt like 9am. Yeah. So it was kind of nice. Yeah. So you get to the start. Yeah. You see your peeps. Yeah. Get to the start, find Ian, find Ernie, find Trevor, talk to Sylvia. Didn't see Tara or Jake before the race. Obviously you see everybody during the race. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and the, the goal for me was to really dial back the pace yeah. and not worry about how fast I was going. And so Ian and I have done this at several hundreds. And usually if I stick with him for the first stretch, it puts me in a pretty good place. So we just kind of went out and, and Sylvia was with us as we're going up the first climb and, and we're just rolling along and we, we kind of got into a spot where it was just me and Ian and we could kind of go what pace we wanted to go fly up the first climb. And then this is where things kind of got funny. Um, <laughs> after the very first climb. Yeah. After, oh, just wait. <laughs> so there you cross the road and then there's actually the best section of trail. Probably the whole race is here. You, you cross the road and then there's a really nice section where you can run, you can move really well. And we're going through, and then you go through the Rudy part, like the top part, they call it Pua Flats, I think is the name of it. And you, it's just the Rudy section that it's just And we're saying Rudy like R-O-O-T-Y. Yeah, yeah. Like Rudy. No, Rudy, not like, yeah, not yeah, like Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Um, or Rudy Gobert yeah, from Utah, or even Rudy, Rudy from... Rudy from, yeah, Notre Dame, from that Rudy. guy. Yeah. yeah. So Rudy. Yeah, Rudy. Um, so we get through that, and then we're going on the first downhill. And the first downhill, you know, last time I was just bombing like in like a numb skull, and that it really probably ruined my race. And this time, me and Ian are just going down real easy. We just kept waiting for people to catch us because we were going pretty slow. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the leaders are coming back, and we're getting close to kind of the the Manoa Falls area where that's where all the tourists start to be. Yeah. And one of the leader guys, like we see Trevor, we see um, Anthony Lee go by. He was in first, and then Trevor was second. And then there's this big group behind them. And one of the guys is like, there's a gate. 
And I was like, what, what are you talking about? Like Ian's done like a million loops out there is like his sixth start or something. And, and I'm like, what, what gate is this guy talking about? And, and cause there's a gate that you go through, but it's like on the third leg of the loop. So it's like, uh, yeah, there's a gate, but where, why are we talking about the gate? And we get there and all of a sudden there's this gate. It's, it's like six feet. Well, it was probably eight feet high yeah. across the trail and somebody had locked it. Oh, nice. And so you, you could either go down the cliff through the bamboo or up the cliff and around. And like, we're talking like you had to climb six feet up to kind of get around this gate because the brush is so thick. They don't need to put a fence. Yeah. They just need to put a gate. <laughs> a gate. And so, cause there's <laughs> wild pigs out there that they're trying to keep out of certain areas. And you know, I don't know if somebody was playing a prank or what, but I don't think that gate has ever been locked. Yeah. And especially talking to locals later in the day. But so, you, you know, we instantly had to stop running and like scurry up and around this gate thing. And then. One of the, this, this guy who's in charge of the trail marking was like right behind us and he starts letting out curse words and he's like, what, how is this locked? What's going on? And, and like, is like just another obstacle. I mean, it's just hurt. I mean, what, yeah, what's, what, what else, yeah. right? And so he starts making phone calls and he's like calling people. He's like, somebody needs to bring me bolt cutters to the aid station. I'm going to cut this lock. And so he did cut it, but we, you know, we had to go around it there and then around it on the way back way up, back. but then it was open the rest of the day. Wow. So that's how the day started well, just my, with a giant gate. My favorite part of that whole thing was when you said numbskull. I haven't heard that word in a yeah, long time. I was trying so. to use not offensive terms. No, we'll hashtag the numbskull. numbskull. I like that. Yeah. We'll call that that. All right, so you get around the gate. Yeah. So that's where it started getting interesting first. But yep. again, it's just like, eh, you know, everybody's dealing with it. The guy's yep. going to fix it on the next few loops. Um, you get back around the gate on the way out. Yeah. Did you still feel pretty good, though? Yeah, I mean, it still took a slow feeling, down that first downhill. Yeah, still feeling really good. And so Ian left me at that aid station down there. It's the Paradise Park, Manoa Falls aid station, where they all dress up as pirates. It's always their theme. Um, and then, but I, I, caught up with Jake Kilgore there. Um, and we went for a little while together, but he was, he was going a little fast for me. I was just trying to really dial in my pace and, you know, got up the next climb. And then you go down to new Anu where it's the hardest descent and climb of the race. Um, how long is that? section? So it's you pretty get? short. So from Manoa over to new Anu is only like five miles, Okay, but you go up, you know, 1800 feet and then down 1800 feet over to the other side. And there's some really pretty views actually on that section. You kind of get out on this ridge line and you can see Honolulu, uh, on to the, to whatever side that is to Your the left. left. Yeah. I, like I don't know we'll what direction it is. Yeah. And then you kind of drop down, then you can see the poly highway, um, to the right. Like it's, it's really Pretty. beautiful. Nice. But then you, this is the section where you're like jumping off boulders and like kind of scrambling and it's just parkour. Really, yeah. It parkour. is very much parkour <laughs> and parkour. Yeah. And so, yeah, you drop down into new Anu and everything was fine. Climbed back out feeling great. And then the next leg from new Anu back to the start finish to Makiki is like seven and a half miles again. So the first and the third leg are the longest. Um, but yeah, so you climb back up um, to that general location in the middle, and then you go to the Manoa Cliffs Trail, which is a really nice trail. And 
I was just moving really well um, through that first loop. And the second loop, more of the same. So what was your time on the first loop? First loop was like five hours and 15 minutes. So how'd you feel about that, though? I mean, because it was a little slower than I thought it would be, but I felt fine. I was feeling really good. Did you say the first time you ran the first loop was in a four hour range? Four hour, 50 minute. Okay. So about 20 minutes. 20 minutes slower. So not huge. No. That's a minute a mile. Yeah. And I I thought I'd be around five ish hours. Yeah. um, But. You know, the first, very first climb was maybe a little slow. Maybe we maybe started in the back a little far, okay. and it's up. They call it hogs back because um, it kind of looks like like, or a, like a razorback. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, that probably cost us because that was my slowest climb up that the whole day was on my first lap. Yeah, conga so, line type yeah, stuff. Yeah, uh-huh. people and yeah, yeah. And so I felt really good about it, and I was like, okay, now if I can, you know, run this second loop you know, in five and a half to five forty five, like I'll feel really good about that. Yeah. And that's basically what I did. Um, I, I b- kept a pretty steady pace was moving really well. Everything was, was going, going really great. Um, I, I started to worry about my lighting situation that lap. Cause I forgot how dark it gets even at like three in the afternoon and yeah. some of the jungle sections. Yeah. And I got to Nuuanu again on my second lap. So that's the second aid station. Um, on my second lap and I asked somebody there, do I need a light? Um, and the guy was like, no, cause this section that you're going to be on is the best lit section. Okay. And, and it was, you okay. know, it was a local guy. And, and so I, I got back to the nature center in plenty of time to get my lights and, and I went was back. Your, was that your second that loop? That was my second loop. And what was your time it was on like, that one? I think it was like 5.45. Okay, and you I, just said 5.30, yeah, 5.45. Yeah. So and, again, I, and you finished your second loop and you yeah. were like, boom, I'm right where I'm uh-huh, good with. Okay. Exactly. And I... So I got done with that second loop and I was like, man, I think I'm back here almost the exact same time as my two laps last time, Okay, but I'm in way better shape physically and everything was going good. And, um, I, I get up that next climb and you know, the whole time I, I didn't really get passed by many people and I was passing people. I was, I was moving really well Yeah, and I get all the way to the top of that first climb when you're going to drop down again into Manoa and for some reason i started having like just just these mental like weaknesses surface where i was just like i don't know if i want to be out here and that's where it kind of started and and i ran into ian there he was on his way back up he'd already been down to the aid station and was back up and and he stopped me and he's like hey don't be doing this already like he could tell yeah i mean me and him have spent a lot of hours together in some situations where i'm really uncomfortable and he just likes to tease me because he's super comfortable (laughs) Uh, but you know and i i had seen um you know i'd had discussions with trevor off and on at the day and i I didn't know at this time but he had just dropped down below trevor did yeah him and ian had rolled into that manoa aid station together and then trevor had dropped the pirate one yeah the pirate he walked walked the plank plank. yep Um, and so I, uh, Ian talked to me, he's like, well, put it, put in some music, do something. You got to get your mind right. Cause physically I was fine. I mean, this is, we can get into this as we go on after I tell you how it all came to an end. But, uh, yeah, I, he, so I put music in, tried to get my mind off of just the enormity of the day ahead. Yeah. Cause this is the thoughts that I was having were like, okay, my kids are here. Um, they're, they just missed a whole day of me with them having fun at the beach. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to be marching around out here for at least another, who knows how many hours, 16 hours. Um, like I'm going to miss a whole other day. Like these are the thoughts that I was having. And 
it caught me off guard because historically with me, I mean, I've DNF'd plenty. I mean, I, I kind of, I, I wouldn't say I have a huge problem, but I, but it happens to me. And usually it's because physically I go. And when I physically go, then I get really down on myself. Yeah. And so this one was, it caught me off guard because I was physically fine. Yeah. Like I was doing everything how I had thought I would do it. I felt really strong. I'd had a few small issues, but I had resolved them all. Like things were going well nutrition physically. wise. Nutrition wise, everything was going down really easier and better than I thought. <laughs> like things were going well, and then these thoughts started creeping in my mind, and and it it just wore on me. And then I put the music in, and I got into Manoa feeling really good again. Okay. Like I I was moving well. I I mean I was still running stuff where people were having a tough time running. So people want to know music. What are you listening to? Oh, so come this, on. This is where I made a mistake. I didn't have a playlist ready. But like I, we've talked about this before. I'm a big like '90s hip hop guy. Nice, like big time. So and so I just put on whatever I had downloaded, and because I I didn't want to turn my cell phone on uh-huh. it, to waste battery, and so like there was some weird stuff coming on. Give me that, give me a couple songs. Well, I mean, just, Come on. just some oldies stuff. I can't even really remember some of it. I have some weird like like EDM like electronic dance music on there. The I don't know why I got into that for a little while, but that that was the stuff that was coming on, and I was like, man, I really wish that this was like Snoop Dogg right now, because that would get my mind off of it. But yeah, there. I mean, I did have some good stuff come on, like there was some Wu Tang Clan that came on that that got my spirits up. But but I wish <laughs> nothing like Wu Tang to lift the spirits, man. Hey, it is right. No, you have to protect your neck. Um, <laughs> But sorry, that stuff gets me gets my mind off. That's of things, all right. Though. If I would have had a playlist, I I would have been much better prepared. But I so didn't. what? So then tell me that. What is what would a playlist? A consist playlist would have like consisted of one. like a legit playlist would have consisted of like, uh, Run the Jewels, Wu Tang Clan, Tribe Called Quest, Snoop, Dre, like. Yeah, that's that sort of stuff. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Listeners are listeners are typing their phones right yeah, now trying to find some I, of that. I mean, really, like, there's this radio station I listen to on Apple Music called Bars, where it's with a just Z? with an S. Oh, dang! And so it's like it's like real rap, real hip hop, where there it's not just like radio stuff where they're actually rhyming, and and that's the stuff I like. <laughs> <laughs> they're not rhyming. Yeah, well, they are rhyming. Like they they actually flow they're like lyrical like, gangsters, like Preston. Nas, right? Like if people know who Nas, you people are probably listening. Like they've never even heard of any of these people, and I'm just like talking about Nas, and like Nas just dropped a new album, even though it's 2022, and people are like, "Well, I thought he was popular in '91," and it's like, "Well, he was still is no, baby, still is longevity." Yeah, he had a really good album just dropped. It's all right. Um, anyways. So I started listening to the music and it did help. Okay. Um, got in and out of out of um, out of Manoa. And again, like you can see people, and I'm seeing people that I'm gaining on. Like yeah. I'm gaining on people all day. I'm moving really well. I get back up the next climb, and I see Ian again because he's coming back up from New Uanu, and I'm coming back up from Manoa. And it's like it's hard Chris to visualize. Just, just look at look at the map, and you'll understand what I mean in here. But you're just crossing people all day. Yeah. And you know, it was on that climb where I saw Tara too. Um, one of the first times I'd really talked to her, and you know, it, it's just the course is overwhelming. Yeah, we had a conversation about that there, and I maybe said a bad word, and she laughed at me. 
but because uh, I don't think she'd ever heard me say a bad word. Hey, before. we were listening to some Wu Tang. So yeah, I was listening. You to never Wu-Tang. know what's coming out. <laughs> yeah, of that you're point. right. <laughs> Old dirty bastard was was rolling, and so I just thought that that was normal. You were in right? the mood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, um, nobody gets this, but that's okay. No, that's there's a lot of people. You'd be surprised. Okay. At the uh, the uh, diversity of the listener okay. and what they know, generational as well. There we go. So you saw Tara. You were talking yeah. about the challenge of the, the challenge course. of the course, and you know, it's just overwhelming. Yeah. The course is, and and I was ready for Which that you part. Knew. Yep. But what I wasn't ready um, for was the mental game when I felt good because yeah. that's never happened to me before. Like, what the what, what's going on here? This, yeah, this is weird. And I've thought about this a lot since, and I've talked to about a million people. Anybody who'll listen, I've talked to about it, um, and just trying to piece together what it was, and and I think it just caught me off guard. I. I you know, I was with Shane Martin this morning and we went on a little jog and, and, uh, you know, he, he described it as just kind of an overconfidence thing. Like, let's say you have a vice or something that you've really worked to overcome Mm -hmm. and then you're like, Oh, I've got this. Yeah. And then you slip up and then all of a sudden you're just screwed again. Yeah. And it's kind of like that where I've had these issues in the past, but I thought that I had overcome the part when physically things are going good. I'm fine. And then it came at me from a different angle mentally, and but do you think that has I to do with it. like, like a very specified training or thought process, right? Like you went into hurt, going okay, last time, yes, this is where I missed, right? And so that was your such like laser exactly. focus that we all know in uh-huh. in life, but in in trail or ultra running, there's it, these other factors. Yes. I mean, I talked about nutrition. There's weather. There's all these things. Yes. So do you think you were just so laser focused on solving a problem that maybe? And it's not to say these other ones aren't things you worked on, but they weren't in your head. Like you weren't thinking about this. It, is right? that is exactly what happened because I I got so beat up physically the last time because of how I paced because of my my lack of preparedness Uh that this time I was so prepared physically and had exactly what I wanted to feel like going into it. I had zero time goals. I just was like, okay, this is how I'm going to approach this race so that I can finish. And physically I did that. Yeah. But because of that, I I probably left a blind spot for the mental preparedness part of what's it going to be like to not have crew. What's it going to be like to have my wife who's who loves to crew me not be able to because you were only allowed and this is a covid rule yeah um you were only allowed one person yeah and so with my kids she couldn't we i mean my kids are seven and five we can't just say hey have fun at the beach kids here's ten dollars yeah i mean we could (laughs) yeah but who knows i mean come home as just you and your wife yeah we would have lost our kids (laughs) yeah but uh so that wore it you know not having a crew even though like I'm totally capable of doing yeah. it by myself, just, just, I wasn't ready for those things to bother me and they did. And so, you know, Ian again was really positive. I was feeling better the last time I saw him. And then I started to go down into New Uanu and I was like, man, I, do I really want to be out here? And that's when I called Katie okay. and I was like, Hey, you know, I I'm struggling here. Talk me through this. Cause she's, she'll do that with me when I'm, you know, on a long run or something alone. And she'll just talk to me, and then I'll feel better. And then yeah. it's like, okay, thanks, hon. Bye. And Got what I needed. See you yeah, later. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and she's so supportive, and it probably hurt her to not be able to crew as much as it hurt me. Yeah. Because um, she really likes it. I, I'm really lucky that way, that yeah. she enjoys the scene as much as I do. Um, and so I'm, I'm dropping down in there, and I'm talking to her, 
And then that's when I hear the aid station music at Nuanu way before I should have. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. You know, like. Missed a Yeah, I missed a turn. But I was already, like, at the aid station. And I was like, okay, I know what the rules are. We know what the rules are, right? You miss a turn. The rules are you go back back to where you missed the turn. And then you get on course and do it the right way. But I was like, okay, I'm just going to go in here and, and tell them what happened and see what they say. Maybe they'll let <laughs> no. me do two out yeah. max on the next Yeah, loop. <laughs> you know, I was just like, I don't know. And so I get in there, and first off, they were kind of shocked that I just that I told them what had happened and was just so blunt about it. Yeah. And they're like, well, you've got to, the aid station captain was like, well, you know what you've got to do, you've got to go back. And I was like, well, how far is it? And nobody really knew how far it was. Because they didn't really understand where I'd admit. Because, like, that section, there's, there's like several trails you could take it's actually i last time i didn't even realize how many options there were um because i was just so focused on the physical beating i was taking so the turn um, you missed i'm gonna go back to that yeah. you missed a turn if you would have went on that turn would you have gotten to another aid station or to another checkpoint no so nobody would have nobody would have rolled into that aid station and they would have not and GPS known the better. is so sketchy like somebody would have just thought that it was like a bad gps like yeah. log i could have totally cheated but that's just then what would I feel like a no. cheater? And the reason I yeah. bring that up is because, again, this is this is our sport, yeah. right? It's like there's a there's a place to it. You're only cheating yourself. Exactly. Right? Because you could have done that, finished the race, and I guarantee nobody would have known. No, maybe, nobody. Maybe one runner. Right? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Right? But I, I, I appreciate you saying that, and that's why I wanted to talk to you about that because I appreciate that. Because this, to me, is what this sport's about. And I hate to say it, but I guarantee... I'm not going to say that. I hate to say it, but I wouldn't be surprised if at some point that happened where they didn't tell on themselves. Because, again, you've got so much invested in this trip. Yeah. The whole trip, as yeah. a family and everything, that it would be really easy to say, whew, that was a quicker quicker section, and you missed a few miles. Right? And, and if really, that. that's, the, that's where it was killing me is... So I get into the aid station, and, like, Jake Kilgore's there. So I'd caught back up to Jake... And, you know, he knew I was right on his tail. Yeah. Like, he knew he wasn't very far ahead of me. And, like, so these are the people right around me. They wouldn't have even known. Yeah. And, like, I'm, but I'm not that guy. No. You know, I'm not but out there. I appreciate there. that. And anybody yeah. listening to this podcast, this is what the sport's about. And this is what we're going to be talking about even in future episodes is the sport. Yeah. Right? It's changing a lot every day, every year. And I'm not saying for the good or the bad. I'm just saying it's changing. But this is like old school to me. This is really old school to me because not saying it's it, it's somebody would purposely do it now. But, I mean, this is why I love this sport. There's so much of it that is on your honor. Like yeah. you look at a 100-mile course and it'd be super easy to do all oh, kinds of stuff. It right? hurt. Like it'd be super easy. Like there's several spots yeah. where if you if you knew where you were at. Yeah. Um, no, I, and I appreciate that. Um, so anyway, I'll let you keep going, but I just want, I wanted to bring that to the attention cause that's awesome to me. Yeah. This is, it gave me goosebumps because I can't imagine the, what the thought process had to be, but knowing you, there wasn't any, No, there, there was wasn't. only one quick boom. Yeah. Bluntness. No. And, and Tara missed a turn too in a spot where, um, like she took away that I, I saw the turn multiple times and I actually know now, like, cause there was actually a family hiking that section. Yeah. Like, and then I went the section of the race and like, they hiked it very slowly faster than I went up and around. And like, she turned, she almost got all the way there and then turned back and like, same thing, right? You just don't even think about it. Yeah. You just do what the rules are. But, but anyways, I went in there cause I was kind of out of it. Like, Oh, Hey, I missed the turn. 
um, trying to explain to him. And, and I was like, let me sit down here for a minute um, before I go back. Because at this point, I still wasn't totally resolved that I was going to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd only been there for a few minutes. And then people who I had put time on were coming into the aid station. And I was like, this is stupid. Like, these are people that I had put like 15 or 20 minutes on. So I I didn't even really cut the course. And I'm like playing all these mind games. And I'm like, no, but I got to go back. So I start back down and and there's a stream crossing. That's It's a river if you're in Utah. It's a stream if you're in Hawaii. Um, (laughs) And so I I start to go back down to the stream crossing to backtrack. And that's when I was just like, you know, I just don't want to do this right now. And that's I went back up and I dropped. Yeah, mile, um, mileage wise, it's fifty two um, by the official race markings. So about half. About yeah, just a little and it over. Seemed halfway. like a lot of people when I was looking at the <clears throat> the drop rate. A lot of people dropped there. At yeah, mile fifty. Yeah, there or back at the nature center. You know they, and this is now that we've gotten to where I dropped and that it was just a total mental collapse on my part. Um, you know, we talked about the blind spots and. You know, I've done a lot of thinking about like what what could I have done to eliminate some of those, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think having the kids there was hard. Yeah. Trevor mentioned the same thing to me. Like it was the first time he'd had his, had his kids there. Yeah, um, it's a bigger distraction than you think. Yeah. So kudos to the people that take their kids there and are just tough because yeah. it it was a distraction. Um, I wish I would have had a pacer lined up. Um, I know that I probably could have coaxed somebody into pacing me, a local. Yeah. Um, but it's just better to just have somebody you know you can trust. Um, so I, I think having somebody to just get my mind off of the monotony of it, because that's that's where you get in the trouble. In well, where I got into trouble at this is knowing how many more times you have to keep doing things, yep. and it never gets easier. Yep. Um, at a general hundred miler. In the, in the Rocky Mountains, you know you can look forward to, I don't know, 20 miles of pretty easy running, usually. I don't know. Would you say maybe even more well, of, like, I, smooth, yeah. downhill? And I look at it, too, is even if you've run the race, if you're doing the same thing over, you always know what's coming again, yeah. uh-huh. right? So if it's a point-to-point or just one big loop or something like that, you know. You feel you like know, you're putting stuff behind you. Yeah, and you don't have to see it again. And so yep. if there's a section, because my first ultra was a four-loop 50K, yeah. and it wasn't hard. But I remember how hard it was mentally, right? Like I knew there was one, what it probably is just a hill now, but back in the day I felt like it was a climb. Straight up, yeah. yeah. But it is. It is that. It's that knowing what's ahead, exactly what's ahead, you know, as opposed to, well, I ran this last year, so I know that, you know, I got the plunge and dive or I've got ranger dip. Yeah. I've got some, you know what's there, but it's one time and it's yeah. one thing where this, it's like, oh, my God, i got to do this section again. i got to yeah. do this section again. Yeah. And so, yeah, as I reflect on it, Next time I go out, I'm going to have to just eliminate a lot of distractions. I don't know if we'll make a family trip out of it. That doesn't make Katie super pumped because the kids had a blast. Yeah. I mean, we had a great trip in the Hawaii. Kids, kids yeah. didn't miss Dad. Didn't miss you got me. back and like, yeah. did you win? <laughs> well, like, yeah, they were pretty confused in the morning, and they didn't care, <laughs> they obviously. Did. Yeah. Because nobody really cares as much as we do. No. Um, but anyways, I, I, uh, she said, well, maybe we just come out after you know, so that we're not there to distract. And, you know, cause I, part of the issue too, was just not being able to see him, you know, maybe yeah. if they had been able to come by, it wouldn't have even been an issue. Could have been a pick me up. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah. And so I've just played it in my mind over and over, but what it comes down to is I've just got to figure out a way to, to get past these mental barriers that I put up for myself. And, 
And one of those barriers historically for me has always been, I have pretty lofty goals and expectations Mm -hmm. and this race I didn't, I just wanted to finish. And so that again, I just wasn't ready for, for things that I had thought I moved on from to come back in a different way. And so I've just got to mentally be prepared every race and just know that if I, if I don't just put my head down and keep moving that mentally I'm going to, I'm going to cave because that's where, that's where I get weak. Well, I think, I think too, you know, this ultra running and I'll say ultra, not in trail running. I'll say it's a, it's the long game. Yeah. Right. Because you, you don't ever just go nail it right away. No. And if you do have that race that just everything falls into place, that's one time. Yeah. So it's always about going, doing, and taking something away. Whether you go back and do the same race or you go back to it or go to another race, it's like, like you mentioned, you were so laser focused on the physical side. Yeah. Right. So now you could say, okay, I know the physical side. I know what I got to do there. Right. And now it's like, okay, but there's this other section that maybe I need to, to tweak or work on or maybe put more thought into. Maybe why it's on your run, you're thinking about yeah. that part of it. So I think, you know, when you're, when we do these races, when we do these events, there's just a long game. I mean, how many people have tried to go out and do like the rim to rim to rim FKT? Yeah. Lots of people. Right. And they learn something every single time, but they rarely nail it. And when they do, it's when all that experience training, putting all those columns together to make something full. So what you're saying you look past something. Yes. I don't even say you look past it. You just you were just too focused somewhere uh, yeah, else. Yeah, and because you knew though that, that other stuff comes into it. It's not yeah. like if it, you've never you've talked, you've had struggles with it before, but you knew your bigger struggle here was here. Yeah, right. So let's get a strength there, and then you have this other thing. So you did mention something. I thought I thought, and I could be wrong. I thought you said this was it, no matter what, for hurt. Like this race was like no matter how I do, I'm not going back. But well, what I'm hearing right now. Well, because I thought I was going to finish. <laughs> um, I was pretty convinced. Yeah. And, and physically, I was ready to finish. I mean, yeah. you know, like you mentioned Anna Albrecht. Um, she was ninth, right? Yeah. Like she she was one of the few people that I wasn't gaining on, right? That like I was kind of right in there. She was probably 10, 10 to 15 minutes ahead of me all day, okay. right? So like I was moving really well. For a thir- sub 30. Yeah. And that's kind of like ideal. Like a sub 30 out there is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's, it's a really hard race. Like I, I know that I, it's one of those things like when we were talking before and you had mentioned, and I'll just use this as an example, like, oh yeah, I ran in Kauai, you know, like I, I kind of have an idea what it's like, but this course is just so dumb. Like it's hard to explain like it. And that's what makes it so wonderful because it is so hard. And the, the event is a world-class event put on by, by top of the top of the top people. Yeah. They take care of you. They, they know what they're doing out there and it's, but it's just so hard. Well, I mean, you, <laughs> you mentioned know? sub 30, right? Yeah. Like, so there were 11 people that finished sub 30 yeah. of the 11 out of 46. Yeah. So a very small percentage you know, yeah. finished sub 30 and sub 30 at other hundreds, right? Oh yeah. You're talking about isn't three quarters of the field. Yeah. I mean, at tough hundreds even. Yeah. Well, yeah. be careful though. I finished once sub 30 at Wasatch and I still have that as my, my feather. So don't, don't, well, that's a big deal at Wasatch thank you. too. Thank you. It's a huge deal. Your, your Wasatch time's better than mine, isn't it? <laughs> I doubt I it. I think it is. I doubt That was back in the day. Yeah. That was when it was a crazy you were cooking. Um, but I mean, it is, it's a tough course. So sub 30. So, 
So are you, I mean, realistically, are you thinking about going out and trying it again then? Yeah, I'd like to solve the problem out there. So what do you think, what do you think, so saying that, what, what do you think is that quote unquote problem? What would you say, okay, if I go back next year, my, this is how my training would change from this year. Training, I wouldn't really change anything because really with that race, and I talked about this with Terry, I ran into her this week here in town. Um, you know, I haven't been moving back that long, but I ran into her and, uh, you can't really simulate it here. Like, I don't know if you can simulate it anywhere, Yeah. but you know, so my, my training, I feel like was really good. Um, I just have to, I just need to sure up my mental side of things and make sure that I have the right things in place to help me not drop. So, I mean, you say you don't have to change anything, but that's something that has to change. So how would you, how, because I mean, a hundred mile races, big races and a a 50 mile, 50 K, whoever you are, it's going to be a challenge, right? Some people it's their first. Yeah. And when I say, when I say I don't have to change anything, I mean like my mileage, my verb per week, your your physical, yeah, my physical training. I don't, but for mental training. So So what would your advice be for people? Like, I mean, people are listening to this and they're connecting, right? They're connecting with this going, man, I struggle mentally, whether it's what you just said, knowing what's ahead, right? Yep. Knowing how much long, I mean, how many have said that in their lives? Yeah. I don't want to be out here that long, yeah. right? So what was your, what's some advice? I mean, so something I've thought about is like, how can I simulate that speed and that um, difficulty uh, here on runs? And, um, you know, something I've thought about for several years is like in the Uintas, things get really slow yeah. sometimes, mm-hmm. right? The Uinta Mountains here in Utah, it's our highest mountain range. It's pretty remote wilderness, uh, very technical and slow terrain. Not necessarily really steep, but yeah. just slow. So it's something I've I've been talking about is trying to do the Highline Trail, mm. um, just because it's slow. Like it, I've done it. it it's hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so one. like the FKT on that is like so the trail for the established FKT is like eighty miles. And I think Jared Campbell did it in like 22 hours or 23 hours. And Jared's not slow Mm-mm. and he's really good at bad terrain. And so that kind of puts it into perspective what it is. So like, I just know that it'd be long and slow and hard. And I just am such a runner, uh, as far as terrain goes, like when it's smooth terrain, I'm really pretty good. And I've just got to get better at going slow. There's some climbs. Yeah, for shell. sure. So here's a, here's an interesting tidbit. Yeah, I'm gonna take. I did the that trail, the Highline Trail, um, with Scott Jaime one year before okay. I'd done any hundreds. I did a 50 miler, and I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, I'm with Scott Jaime. He's he's in my my job was to make sure we had the right gear. Yeah, I worked at Smith. I got discounts. I bought the gear. He was in charge of going. We were in charge of our own fitness. We yeah. parked the car, went to the other side. We did the whole thing. I got blisters starting at mile seven. Fun of 80 miles because I yeah. thought I'm gonna try these new shoes, these look pretty cool, yeah, right. And so we did this and we went slow. I had some struggles. We finished, I can't remember the time, it was in like 40 hours. That's what I'm saying. Okay, and I could go back. Scott Jaime did a report, and this was a long time ago, yeah. Well, Davy Crockett came out. Who, if you don't know him, he does, he does a lot of research with ultra running and does stuff, yeah. And apparently, we had an FKT. But we didn't know about it, yeah, because we didn't do it for that. And at the time, I don't know that wasn't was. really a thing. No, I mean, it was, but he but had not our really. names listed once because yeah. he went back and you know, again, it was probably because he searched yeah. Strava's or whatever uh-huh. our names at that time. So I don't even know if it was, but it like documented it might have been. Um, so that was kind of interesting for me. Yeah, I look back on that, I'm going, what? Yeah, I had an FKT. 
Um, but it wasn't. I mean, isn't like I said, forty hours. Jeff's done it in twenty because it came more of something to do. But it's yeah. a beautiful, beautiful stretch, and it is. It's slow. It's slow, even for and fast. so. So like you know, I I talk about my buddy Ian Ferris that had a great day out there, and something he's really because his goal is to to finish something that's very similar to Hurt but way harder, um, that has five loops in the mountains in Tennessee. Um, and so like, so his, so his whole, his whole training is geared around how do I just sit in this gear, this slow gear all the time and never slow down. Yeah. And so like, that's why he did so well. And that's something I'm not good at is like being comfortable in these situations. And I could list off things that he's done to prepare himself that are just silly things, silly lines that he's picked. Um, that nobody knows about and I won't go into it cause that's not what he likes. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, stuff that's taken him 60 hours Yeah, and just for that mental, like, Hey, I'm going to be out here. I'm going to go really slow, but that's okay. Yeah. And that's where I get almost claustrophobic in a race like hurt because it's just slow Yeah, and I start to get in my own head. And so I've got to figure out ways to simulate that slowness if I want to finish hurt. Yeah. And I like I think the Uinas for me would be something that's in my wheelhouse yep. but is also really slow. Yep. And to kind of go out there in the dark, you know, if I could get somebody to go with me, I'm trying to talk a few people into it, but even if I just go alone and just take my time and and just get real comfortable going slow. Well, I would go if I can speed up to go your slow. Oh, well, we should go. <laughs> Because I love it there. Yeah. That and, was that was arguably one of the greatest experiences of and, my life. And, you know, just even if you're moving fast out there, you're not because you've got to stop every once in a while to make sure you're on the trail. You know, it's not really clearly water. marked. Water all the time. You're filtering it. Yeah. Yep. And so, and you're carrying all your food for the whole time. Yep. Like, there's all sorts of things that make you slow down. And I... Weather. Yeah. We got caught in a nasty And you just storm. have to hunker down we and did. wait for it to blow there's over. There's a great photo of me laying in my rain gear on the ground and... Scott Jaime took a picture of me, and if you could read my face, yeah, yeah. I was I was nasty. Yeah, <laughs> and so I, I really think uh, an effort like that would just do wonders for me. Um, and, you know, the, the other thing that's easier in a way about that is once you're out there, you're out there. Oh, yeah. Because there's that's, no bailing. Yeah, that's there's where we were no at. We had a cart to start and a cart to yeah. finish. You had to and get like, one way. Then there's no way to hike out of there. I mean, you're still 15 miles away if you want to try to hike out From and call some somebody. Drainage. Yeah. yeah. And yep. so, um, just not having the option to, to get out of there, except move forward. So, so those are things I've thought about, like, how do I, how do I train my mental game? And I, I think again, part of it's just continuing to race hundreds and continuing to run up against that, um, and figure out how to push through. Well, what's next then? What's so, next? What do you got? So first up is, uh, the Miwok hundred K. Nice. Um, so I'm in Miwok for those that's a that don't fast know. 100K. Yeah, it's a fast hundred K, but it's not as easy as you think. It's mm-hmm. like got like 11,000 feet of climbing, but it's all at sea level and on really nice trails in the Bay area. So that's May 6th, I believe. Um, and then after that, I don't have anything officially on the schedule. Uh, the cascade crest lottery was yesterday and I'm 88th on the wait list for it, which historically means I'm in okay. if I want to. Yeah. So probably Cascade Crest and then waiting for the Wasatch Lottery next uh, weekend. this next weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's kind of the idea is me walk and then build up for Cascade and maybe Wasatch or maybe just Wasatch. I don't know. 
Um, What's the date of Cascade? I thought that they was- moved it up. Okay. So because the like two of the last four years they've had to change the course because the of fires. Fires, okay. And so historically it had been at like the last weekend of August, yeah. okay. and then now this year it's the twenty fourth of July okay. weekend. All right, I was going to say so, Cascade and Wasatch. Yeah, that would be a, no. almost a back to back. Yeah, so it's like six weeks between now. Okay, yeah. Okay. So that's kind of what I'm looking at. And then is your name going to end up in the Hurt Lottery again? Uh, yeah, it will. But I don't know if I'll draw out. When is the Hurt Lottery open? Do you know August. Yet? August. Yeah. So you're going to put in again. Yeah, I'll put in again. So differently this year, you would go out by yourself and fly yeah. your family over the day of the race or the day after the race? Probably after. Yeah. Um, and maybe I just don't even fly them out and I just go out on a Thursday and drag somebody's butt out there with me. If you want to come, Eric, you know. Well, I'll wait for the just, invite. Yeah, you can just talk to me all night <laughs> and keep my mind off I'll bring of. It, I'll bring my, my mobile podcast studio. We could just do a podcast on awesome. the trail. Yeah. 100 miles. Yeah. You'd be like, Eric, come on, man. You'd get the You'd get the Preston that only a few people have seen. The Wu-Tang Preston. Yeah, when the language starts <laughs> flying and I get a little grumpy and. We ask, all get there. Yeah, there was some good times at Wasatch this year. You should ask Seth Wadups about. Oh, I, I have. Okay, we've, we've had a couple words. Yeah. yeah, Seth can tell you about when Preston got really pissed off about the weekend. The the musician, as somebody was playing it loudly. <laughs> don't I, do that, people. <laughs> I got really angry. I, I was don't like, like that when I'm in a race and someone's got the external speaker. Save some tears for another day. Was playing as I was sitting on the trail in the torture chamber, and I was Are like, Are you sure someone was playing it? This wasn't in. It, was, it happened. <laughs> At least Seth's never told me it didn't happen. He's, he's going along with you. Yeah. He still wants to be your friend. Yeah. He's not going to tell you anything. He's different. not going to tell me it was a hallucination. Those, <laughs> That's funny. Those runners didn't exist that ran by. So, Hurt 100 2023, we're going to have a playlist ready. Yep. And we're going to be focused on other areas. Yes, not just a singular focus. We've got to have multiple areas of pillars. focus and, and pillars. pillars in training. So let me ask last question before we go, because I'm always interested in this because I've made a huge change, which for, okay, I'll say huge, a big change. But what was your nutrition on the course? You said your nutrition was dialed in. Yeah. I'm always interested, especially in 50 miles, that realm, and obviously more. Yep. What was your nutrition so um, I, I used Gnarly Fuel 2.0. Okay. Um, Which flavor? Um, so during the day, lemon-lime. Okay. Night, and then I had Cherry, cherry Cola, cola at nice. night because um, Cherry Cola has caffeine. Yep. And so I was doing at least one of those between aid stations. Okay. So sometimes that was a couple hours. Sometimes that was just, you know, 90 Did you minutes. have water as well? Yeah, water you? as okay. well. So one bottle of water, one bottle of of the Gnarly um, because you got to drink a lot out there because yep. you're sweating like crazy. And I, I always have water. Yeah. I don't care. I have to have yep. some of that just blip. And then I was alternating like just goo um, and spring gels. Okay. What so, flavors? Um, so spring gels, I was using the awesome sauce and then the the non-caffeinated speed nut during the day. And then with the goo, I was using um, like birthday cake <laughs> and I think, what was the other one? It was like a s'mores one maybe. Could have been. Yeah. Have s'mores. Yeah. So those were the ones during the day, and then at night I had speed nut with caffeine, and I had, um, and then I just had like the the naked goo. Has anybody ever had that? The nude, 
simply nude it's just like oh the flavor yeah the, i thought you were talking a new brand no, i'm like what no 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 all right yeah yeah simply nude i think it's called yep and then i had another like a chocolate outrager or something what's the awesome sauce flavor that's applesauce oh, okay yeah okay i've had that it's one. it's good i like the mango one the best yeah still. i like the mango one too but it has a lot of caffeine in it yeah. so i try to hold off a bit but i do that one because i sw- i've switched yeah I, I do a lot of gnarly yeah yeah i've been playing for a while and and hopefully we've got a show coming up to discuss that uh-huh. specifically. Um, but one of our, um, when we did our, because our, you, uh, Preston helped with the Christmas guide and we didn't do a ton in nutrition. Yeah. And there's a reason we'll have those reasons later with some podcasts. But um, historically, I've played around with different things and I'm a lot of scratch. Yeah. Right? I still do like that. But then I, I've definitely picked up a lot of gnarly product. Yeah. I've done the greens. I've done the creatine, the BCAs, the pre-workout, and the Fuel 2.0. Yeah, the Fuel 2.0, like my energy levels, uh, that stuff works really well. Yeah. And it goes down smooth. The, the flavor gets a little strong at times. Yes, it does. Um, but it's just such a, a good energy source that it your body still kind of craves it, even if this, the, the flavor is strong. So what I've done is because you fill your bottle yeah. full of water with that, and it's a strong flavor. Like some, some are pretty bland, yeah. not, not gnarly, but the, the gnarly is pretty strong. I take a pretty hard hit, and then I top it again with water. Oh, so that's that a good idea. more for the yeah. rest. So I take a hard hit, like very hard, and then I, I rinse with water uh-huh. so it doesn't have all the taste, and then yeah. I top it off with water, and it just it absolutely it dilutes the flavor, but you're still taking the exact that, amount of stuff. Yeah. So I've been doing that with that. And yeah. I love it that way. Yeah, Seth, uh, my buddy Seth Waddups is always like a tailwind guy, and he yeah. always does half. Yeah. Like whatever they say, he just does half because it gets too strong. But yeah. I like that idea because I need the calories. Me too. And so just taking that big, you know, maybe even like a, a quarter or a third of, of your flask of it and then topping it off, I, I like that because then you're staying extra hydrated too. Yep, and, I, and that's why I have that alternating with water but i do that because i calories are a key for me you know electrolytes obviously but everything's got electrolytes anymore drink wise but it's the calorie component Uh that i've really tried to really um really tried to really there's a lot of reallys there really 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 but i'm trying to like dial in better because i'm goos get to me after a while and i found if i can get it through the liquid source like that Uh it doesn't hit me as hard yeah i think it for me Again, everybody's different. It digests better. But when I've got those thick, heavy gels, sometimes I just feel like it takes forever yeah. to really and I, get out of I there. I did eat quite a bit of real food, too, it hurt. And yeah. I felt like that was helping. Yeah. Because my body was running through stuff. Like, you can tell when your stomach gets jumbled and it's not working through the calories. Yep. So then you have to back off. But, like, I, I did tons of potatoes and rice balls. They had a mm. lot of rice balls out I like there. That. Um, and that, that was super helpful um, energy-wise. Again, I was fine. Well, and I think it's different, and this is what I like to, you know, when we talk about these things, and, you know, we won't elaborate too much because we have some shows coming up, but on the nutrition side, you know, don't get so laser-focused on your nutrition that you don't take into account the course, Yeah. right? Because you're going to fuel differently for hurt than you will for Miwok. For sure. Miwok, you're running. Yeah, and my heart rate's going to be elevated, and I'm going to be burning. Anytime you're hiking or that, 
you real can food. Take in real food. You can take super real easy. food. So that's why I do in races. If yeah. I know there's a climb coming, uh-huh. I real food it yeah. and hit the climb because you're letting it in your belly, you're letting it digest. But if I'm going downhill or flat, and you're just gonna get it all jumbled up. Yeah, and, you're gonna have a yeah. fish bowl. You're gonna have stuff moving around. Yeah, you know that type of thing. So that's interesting. I like uh, nutrition is gonna be a big topic of the Trail Manners podcast this year because I think we're faced with so many options now. Yeah, there are tons. Not just with nutrition for running, um, you know, the products and the companies, but also just your daily nutrition, yeah. right? Or your training nutrition, um, because everybody reads about what everybody's doing. And, you know, I'm not a pro, but I know as well that not something works for everybody. Yeah. There's not one thing. It's not one magical pill you can take to fix. It's got to be this, you know, what works for me on my, you know, what I'm capable of eating, digesting, running, heat, yeah. all those things. We'll cut, cover that. But I, I was curious about that when you say you were so strong and felt so good because nutrition is, I know, one thing that can derail a race quicker than anything. Yeah. So, well, right on, Preston. It's so great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to me, everybody. Work through my my mental issues there, but this this sport's really hard. It is, and I think sometimes we get numb to that because it's what we do. So many of us, and and it's just good to take a step back and realize that you need to give each race the proper respect. Well, and I don't. I think it's that, but I think what you've hit so hard is you always hear and you always read and always see about training programs. Yeah. Right. Like running. Yeah. And that's that's very. Sp- specific to the physical side right and like you said you can be 100% dialed in physically best shape of my life I feel great but there's these other aspects whether it's nutrition the mental game plays such a part both ways it can pull you out of a hole but it also can put you in a hole so I think that's one of the things you mentioned is like this sport is a challenge you know, we, we do focus so much on miles and vert and time and, you know, speed work and, you know, all these things that we don't, I think we need to, at times, I'm not saying that we don't, but I think in general, the, uh, everything else is second. Yeah. Right. When, but we all know when you're in a race, they all are just as important. Yeah. Right. They it's are. not like one's more important than the other. They all play a part because we've been not as fit as we've thought we were and had a good day yep right because mentally we wanted it so bad or something so i think these are good these are good things for listeners you know i know you know i've dnf'd and i know sometimes it's really difficult to talk about a dnf because that's not your goal yeah and it means you did not finish right and i understand that so i appreciate you coming on the show and sharing because this podcast ideally is about helping people Right, it's about telling stories. It's about letting people understand what this sport's about. People that are getting into it, and there's people have been into it for a long time that still haven't nailed it. Right, yep. so I think it's really good to have all the stories on and and be real, be authentic. Um, still gave me goosebumps when you talked about why <coughs> you DNF'd. Yeah, when it would have been super simple for you just to go into the aid station and go, man, that was a tough section. Right, <laughs> yeah. get ready for the next one. And you know, my my heart says people don't do that. Um, but to hear that someone like yourself, that just makes me feel like, all right, we're still in a good place. People are still good. Yeah. And that's, that's what it's all about. So thanks again for coming on the show. I'm sure we'll have you on again. I know that. Um, but thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being real with us. And yeah. Telling us what's going on. Yeah. I think, uh, I think it's hard sometimes to be vulnerable and just say, Hey, I mentally gave in, but I, I thanks for letting me come on and talk about it more. Everybody's all my friends have already listened to me a bunch. So. Um, I'll just keep talking about it. Anybody out there wants to talk to me about it, I'll keep talking. There we but go. Thank well, you. Well, sharp haircut. Thanks for cleaning up for the podcast. Yeah, I had to. Had to look sharp <laughs> for all the listeners. All right. Well, thanks again. This is uh, Eric Manning signing off. The Trail Manners Podcast, Episode 313. 
we are out. Thank you for listening to the Trail Manners Podcast. I'd really like to thank Mr. Preston Wood for taking the time to join us again and talking about his Hurt 100 experience. I also want to encourage everybody to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Trail Manners or swing by the website trailmanners.com where you can check out the store page or you can hit us up on the contact page. Let us know what you want to see, who you want to hear, or if you would like to be on the show. And if you could just take a minute to subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or review on iTunes or Facebook, I would greatly appreciate that. And lastly, we would love any support via the Patreon account at patreon.com backslash trailmanners. Until next time, this is Eric Manning reminding you, you don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. Now go get it.